It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Andrew Cogliano has to pick it up in the corner, but he turns and throws it back to Kale McCarr. Cogliano's got to get off the ice here as the Sharks manage to escape. Not lifted out though. Gloved down by Nichushkin. He's got a man in front. They score. It's Helm. A turnover by Eric Carlson. It was taken back and in front of the net. Colorado's Helm will put the Avalanche in front. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's you know uh, it's the guys you want with a puck on their stick at that time. Um, so yeah, very frustrating. Um, you know, and uh, you know there's been games we've done extremely well, but uh, you know there's. I talk about it all the time is, is, is not trying to hit a home run every shift and, and uh, you know, um, you know, just trying to, uh, um, you, you can't make a home run. You, you got to hit some singles. And, and uh, again, we tried for the big play there and it's in the back of your net. So, um, you know, I think in the third period, they turned it up a little bit. You could tell they're the fresher team. Uh, we got caught a couple times on some bouncing pucks uh, on the far side. And then, you know, even we got caught uh, dead footed on the, uh, the Kadri uh, penalty we took on Kadri, um, you know, he blew by us down the wall. And, uh, um, you know, those are plays that we need to be physical on and hold the line and, and, and you know, one-on-one, um, you know, try not to get beat one-on-one. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? The San Jose Sharks went into Colorado last night and ultimately played a pretty good game, in my opinion. Unfortunately, pretty good is not good enough against a team like the Colorado Avalanche. And so when all was said and done, they fell by a final of four to two. Now, you know, I was really worried about how the Sharks were going to weather the storm of the first period because to me that could have been where the game was going to be won or lost just because it's the second night of a back-to-back. You are at altitude and your legs are going to take a while to get moving and Colorado is just so, they're so potent. I mean, there's no better term for what they can do on their attack that they will make you pay. And, you know, we saw over the course of the game uh, you know, the abs just do this. They just come at you at waves. It's not like, you know, some teams they get buzzing and they'll really keep that uh, puck possession going on and they'll be just flying around, you know, and really maintain a long sustained attack. But with the abs, while they can definitely do that as well, it just seems like they're always in a three on two, four on two, two on one. I mean, just like they're always just coming at you with speed and breaking in with a lot of momentum, and you watch that over and over and over, and you're just thinking to yourself, damn, this team is good. This team is really, really good, and I had that reaction over and over, but, you know, the Sharks for the first period did a really good job of handling that, and they did a really good job of handling it, you know, over the course of the game. I I thought they put themselves in a really good position. You know, you are tied at one heading into the third period, And that's obviously where you want to be. A 1-1 game heading into the third. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I will take that situation every single time. But ultimately, the quality of the Avs won out. And that's just, 
you know, that's the reality. That's how it is. The Avs are a better team, and if they are in a winnable game, because one-to-one for the Sharks is just the same as a one-to-one game for the Avs, well, the Avs having more talent in, in the third period definitely looked like the more rested team. I thought that that was, you know, that, that obviously played a factor, and they played exactly like they were the more well-rested team, and they played like they were the team that is, you know, one of the best teams in hockey right now without any argument from anyone in the league right now. So, you know, to see that game play out, it's like, yeah, for two periods, the Sharks were almost good enough. They gave up three in the third period. And the one that bothers me the most is the Eric Carlson giveaway that again turned into a goal. And that's like the fourth time in the last six or seven games that Eric Carlson has given a puck over in the Sharks' end where it's led to a goal. And, you know, that's that clearly can't keep happening. And sometimes the Sharks have been able to cover up for it. But against the Abs, this is one of those things that I will continually talk about. The Abs are the team that punish mistakes. The Sharks are the team that suffer from their own mistakes, and they're not going to make as many opportunistic plays to take advantage of plays that you know are, are given opportunity-wise from the opposition. So the Sharks are not able to capitalize and are punished more for their own mistakes. Meanwhile, on the other end of it, Colorado can handle the storm of their own mistakes a little bit better. So this was you know, Eric Carlson. Again, he's done this multiple times as of late, and I don't know what is going on with his game that's allowing him to do this because it's not – I mean – you want him with the puck in those situations. Eric Carlson, in your own end, is supposed to be the guy that can bring it out. He's one of the great transporters of the puck in the last 10 years. This is Eric Carlson. This is what he does. He's going to move it from one end of the ice to the other. He's going to set guys up in a good position, and he is going to make the pass that you want him to make. And instead, he's turning it over. And I just, I'm, I'm befuddled by this just because it's so counter to what we expect to see from an Eric Carlson. But... For some reason, that's something he has to get out of his game right now, and it's certainly not what the Sharks need to be handling, or especially not Capo Kakinen because he's working so hard to keep his team in the game, and you know he's making big stop after big stop after big stop, and then suddenly there's a giveaway in his own end, and that's you know you kind of hang him out to dry, and then suddenly you know they give it up a goal, and that's it's obviously not what you want to see. And Kakinen, I thought played really really well last night. And yeah, they scored four goals when all was said and done, but. You know, for Kakinen, who is still learning his play on the Sharks and still learning where exactly he is over the course of, uh, you know, the couple of smattering of games that we've seen him now, I thought he's looked pretty good. And I think that he is getting back to the form or getting to the form that the Sharks hope he is capable of being. And, you know, obviously there are going to be questions going into the offseason with the Sharks goalie trio, but, you know, Kakinen has looked pretty good throughout these couple of starts. And last night he was athletic. He positioned himself well. Did not give up juicy rebounds. Really did everything you expect a goalie to do. And we've come to expect a lot out of our goalies this year because the Sharks offense hasn't been there. And you've had, whether it's been Reimer, whether it's been Hill, and now Kakinen, and obviously the performances we saw from Sachenko, uh, you know, the Sharks goalies have done a good job and you come to expect that. You expect that they are going to come up with a big, big night. And that's what Kakinen did. And, you know, again, it's hard for him because he's still learning the system. He's still learning all of his teammates. He doesn't know exactly you know, where everybody is. He doesn't have the chemistry with these guys that he would in another situation, but you appreciate what you're seeing from him. And, you know, the goalie interference call, I didn't love the challenge, but at this point, if Dan Darrow sees something that I, I feel like he has been so consistent this year, that there is a, a right reason to challenge it. And I'm not saying that he was wrong on that challenge. You know, there, there may have been a little bit contact and by the book, I'm sure that it was right. Whether or not they're going to call that in any given situation, I, you know, that's up to interpretation, but if DD is going to make that call, then, you know, I, I believe him. I think there was a good reason for him to make the call. 
ultimately it didn't work out because the Sharks then not only do they give up the goal, they go on the penalty kill. And I think that may have tired them out a little bit just to have a sequence like that that deflates you where not only do you give up a goal, but then you have to go a man down. And, you know, that's that's how it works in hockey sometimes. I'm not going to say that it was, you know, insane to go out there and make that call or anything. It's just I think it was a little bit deflating and it made their job a little bit harder now, granted, after two periods, it's still one-to-one, but you could tell in the third period in particular that the Sharks were lacking a little bit of that freshness in their legs. But still, we had really good performances last night from that Timo and then Hurdle and Barabanov line. Those guys are playing really, really well together, and I know that Barabanov is going to uh, need a new contract in the offseason. And, you know, I, I would have liked, I, I'm not trying to be, um, you know, picky and or choosy here, but I would have liked if Barabanov had been a little bit better earlier in the year. It's taken him a while to find his game. And I know that, you know, there were interruptions. There's COVID. There's things that happen over the course of the year. But, you know, he came on late last year as an acquisition. And, you know, they didn't even know him that well. But you saw there was talent. And then at the end of this year, he's come on very strong once again. But, you know, you need these guys to be there at the beginning of the year. I look no further than Timo Meyer, who was not there until the last couple of the weeks, last couple of the weeks last year. And then this year, he was hot out the gate. And I think that's something that you have to ask of Barabanov next year. You have to tell him going into the offseason, like, we can't wait for you to be in March before you really find your game. We need you to be this level of play game one, week one of the NHL season. And I know that's easier said than done, but I, I think there's direct messaging that can be sent to guys to challenge them and to get them to play their best hockey. And, you know, maybe also the Sharks are figuring out ways to better utilize him. But Barabanov, he's a tough guy. He works hard. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He puts himself in tough spaces. He makes things happen. He's a playmaker. When you have him out there with Timo, when you have him out there with Tomas Hurdle, there's a lot of danger with those guys together right now. There's a lot happening, and it seems like they all have this really interesting symbiotic relationship that makes them all a lot better um, than what they are individually. And that's not to say anything down about them or negative about their individual play, but the three of them working together makes things really, really gel. And it's great because they are, to me, one of those dangerous lines that you can see being very, very potent this year. And I could see them being even more potent next year. It's part of the excitement factor that you have with that line. Now, you need more lines like that on your team to get a better level of performance overall. But still, to have it from one line, you feel very good about that, and you feel very good about where they could be headed in the near future. And of course, Timo Meyer, um, you know, is setting a new career high for him for goals. I hope he keeps on tacking them on before the end of the year, even if the Sharks' uh, playoff hopes are dwindling. But I hope for Meyer that this is what he establishes as his new normal. You know, this has got to be the guy who's going to be between a 30 and 40 goal score, and maybe even more. I mean, I, I don't want to be over, um, you know, aggressive in terms of what I think he can do but it's like yeah you you see what he's capable of you want that to keep on trending in a positive direction you want to see him you know next year if he doesn't get to 40 this year and I still think there's a very good chance that he could but next year if he does get 40 this year then see if he can get 45 see if he can get it up to 50 I mean I, I am not putting a limit on what Timo Meyer can do because he is still getting better to me and that is such an exciting point for me as not just a you know a broadcaster, but also someone that enjoys his game. I'm a Timo Meyer fan. I like watching what he can do, and I think it's exciting, and I think it's very, very fun to watch him out there on the ice and see him just capitalize on those situations. I mean, that's the thing. It's like they have that one line right now that can capitalize on opportunities that are given to them, and it doesn't go 
the rest of the team. And that's something that ultimately you need to have more and more down the line with what the Sharks need to do in the offseason because you need to have, I mean, you need to have a true top six forwards, A, and then you also need guys on the third and fourth line that can really, really hit it and can really, really be depth players that, you know, can score consistent goals. It can't be miraculous when you get goals from other places on the team. And I'm not trying to be overly critical. It's just, it's a necessity. I remember what the Sharks had in the years where they were very, very good. I remember the depth that they had, you know, across those four lines. They had a really, really good way of going about business where they were going to get goals from the fourth line, the third line. It was not out of the ordinary. And right now, it is out of the ordinary. And I'm not saying that, again, to be over, overly critical. It's just, it's very much how we look at this. You need to improve. You need more depth. You need more consistency. You know, in terms of the younger guys last night, one guy whose game that I continue to appreciate and really hope that there is a bright future ahead is Scott Reedy. I thought that there were a couple of times last night he looked like he was in the right place at the right time. And that's exactly what you need from your young guys is, you know, just those guys, even if they're not ready to perform, you know, at the absolute top level every single time, you need them to be positioned well. You need them to be aware of where they need to be. And I think with Reedy, we do see that even again, if he's only got two goals and one assist this year, you know, he's only played in 20 games, but you still appreciate that there is some potential there. And again, this goes back to my long-standing take that I've had after the injury riddled stretch, uh, after the all-star break really, you know, hit home, it was like, okay, you got to evaluate, you got to maximize, you got to see exactly what is on this team to figure out what you're going to have going forward. And, you know, you do look at guys like John Leonard, you're getting more looks at him. You get looks at Reedy, you get looks, you know, at Malosh, you get looks at all these young guys. And I think again, the young defensemen are, are not the issue at all. And not that the young forwards are the issue either, but it's like the young defensemen in terms of defensive defensemen, they are really, really high caliber players, and the Sharks have that as a point of strength where they can rotate guys if they're injured. They have good players at depth at this position to where they can rotate guys in if there's injury, uh, if there's whatever that's come up. COVID absences, as we've seen, they have the defensemen to do so. With the younger forwards, yeah, these guys need more time. They need more development. They need to be able to be out there as much as possible for the remainder of the season to try and figure out what the best utilization of their game is. Because I know there's this thought that you want every prospect to turn into a you know a 30-goal scorer and be a difference maker, but you need role players. And to me, the Sharks need more consistent role players, especially in light of the fact that you, know, you don't have Cogliano here anymore because he's been traded. It's like, who can step in and fill that role? It's like, Matt Nieto, he goes in and does his job so well on the penalty kill and also provides a really good veteran's mindset out there, and I appreciate everything he brings to the ice. He is not going to be Timo Meyer. He is not going to be Tomas Hurdle, but there are things that he can provide over the course of the game that will allow him to be utilized consistently, and I think that's what we need to see from a lot of these younger guys is to figure out where they are going to be and who they are going to be in their identity as a playmaker, as a role player going forward. And I think that's one of the things we've seen with Bob Bugner is trying to send that message to a Rudolph Balsers uh, by dropping him to that fourth line where it's like, okay, what are you going to provide? What are you going to do if you're not going to be, you know, the, the offensive firepower type guy that we think you are capable of being? And not that I think that he's a 30 goal scorer, but I think he's more capable than what we've seen as of late. You know, then what other role are you going to fill out there on the ice? What else are you going to do 
over the course of an 82-game season that allows us to utilize you to the best of your ability. And again, that's part of everything the Sharks are figuring out right now. And they've got to look at all these younger guys, even if Balsers isn't quite as young as some of the other guys, but figure out the best way to use them going forward. But ultimately, this is a consistent theme that we've seen with the Sharks a lot this year is that they can play really good games and they can be 1-1-2-2-0-0 heading into the third period, but they don't have the overall talent to win those games. And that's unfortunate because if you if you do play two periods of really good hockey, you hope that there's a third. You hope that there is another game where you are going to be just capable enough of getting that win. But the Sharks made some mistakes down the stretch. You had the Carlson giveaway, for instance. You then, you know, go on the kill, and then obviously they score and take advantage and make it a 3-2 game. I mean, it's just these are things that can't happen, or at least you can't give it up. But it's hard to do that when you're playing against a team like the Avs, which is so potent and consistently comes in waves and waves and waves and waves. And it's just, you know, the Sharks, over the course of three periods in the NHL, their deficiencies will come to light. And that's especially how it's going to be against top-tier competition in the NHL. And credit to the Sharks once again, they do play the upper echelon teams in the NHL very, very well. I thought that they had a really good showing on the second night of a back-to-back at elevation, but ultimately not good enough to beat the Avs. And that's very much what is the problem consistently, is that the Sharks, they have a lot of good showings this year, but over three periods, not enough to win. And again, I'm not breaking any news with that take, but it is the consistent thing that we see with the Sharks. It's like, okay, through two periods, they are in a quote-unquote winnable position. And I say that even if they're down 2-0 heading into the third or down 1-0, but it's like you feel if they've only given up that many goals that they should be able to, you know, give themselves a fighting chance to the end. Ultimately, that's not what's happened. They fall short, and that's because they do not have the depth on offense, and there's only so much pressure if you're trying to play a bend-don't-break defense that over the course of a game against the Abs, even though the Sharks did do well, do well it's like eventually they're going to get you. And the Sharks did not have the ability to give themselves of enough of a buffer on offense, and that's a recipe for disaster. And that's not necessarily the wrong recipe for the Sharks. They did everything they could, in my opinion, to give themselves a winnable chance in the game. It's just not enough against a team like the Abs. And we can get into some of the non-calls like Rantanen, in the third period, I don't know why he did not go into the box and it put the Sharks at a at a deficit at that point. I, I really can't explain that to you, but ultimately, you want to take control of the game to the point where it's not coming down to something like a, a call or a non-call. And the best teams in the NHL are going to be on the positive end of a lot of those non-calls or calls, and the more challenged teams like the Sharks, they're going to be at more of a deficit. And that's the way it works out. But ultimately, in a game that demands the Sharks were perfect... They were not perfect. That's not on any one individual player. That is not on one individual coach. That is just what the San Jose Sharks are after 67 games in the 2021-2022 NHL season. My hope is that one year from now, many of these deficiencies have been addressed and the Sharks will be in a better position to be fighting for a playoff spot, if not occupying a playoff spot when we do get to April 1st of 2023, which sounds absolutely insane to say, by the way. But that is really, that that's what we're hoping for. We are looking for the Sharks to be more deep in terms of their scoring, to be able to be up going into the third, because it feels like that's a rare occurrence these days. A lot of 
ties and or deficits going into the third, even if they've only given up one or two goals, unless they're up 3-2 at that point, it never really feels like a comfortable situation. And I think that's also part of the problem right now is that the Sharks, they're just, you can tell they're a little bit tired. It's like the juice ran out of those legs pretty quickly in the third period, and they're playing a lot of high-stress games and a lot of games that are going into the third period where they're still in it and they're not, you know, they're not blown out, right? It's like, they're still very close in these games. And at the end, they're just not of the quality to finish it out. And that takes a toll mentally because every night you're doing the right things. You're battling, you're battling, you're battling, and then you come up short. And then the next night you're battling, you're battling, you're battling, and then you come up short. I have to imagine that takes a toll. I have to imagine that there is some gripping and some tightening, especially when they know when they get into these late games, that so many times that scenario has played out and they haven't won. That 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 does weigh on guys. That's got away on Logan Couture. That's got away on a Tomas Hurdle. That's got away on a Bob Bugner. All these guys. And I think that when the energy started to go last night from the Sharks, they did a really good job to still battle a much more well-rested and overall more talented Avalanche team. But when all was said and done, it's a 4-2 win for the Avs because if I had told you before the game that the Avs would win 4-2, you would not have had any problem with that prediction coming out of my mouth. Also, if I had told you that it'd be 1-1 entering the third, you'd feel good. But then if I said the Sharks would at that point give up three more goals and lose by a final of 4-2, you'd probably say, yeah, that, that sounds about right for this year. So when all was said and done, the Sharks were not good enough. And in a year like this one, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying that is the consistent reality and it is a very clear indication of where things need to go this offseason. Last night was, in a nutshell, every issue we've seen with the San Jose Sharks. Some key mistakes, a lack of offensive depth, and the inability to out-talent their opposition when it's a tied game heading into the third period. All right, we're going to get into some reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Off the draw here, it's along the near board, Sharks in. Barabanov trying to put it to the outside to Meyer, kicked forward by Hurdle, and here come the Sharks. Hurdle down the right against McDermott, moves in, stick handles toward the slot, throws to the right, Meyer shoots, and he scores! Timo Meyer getting the Sharks even 1-1. What a powerful move by Hurdle down the left wing side. And as he was being tripped up, he managed to slide the puck over to the right side. And Meyer gets his 31st goal of the season, a career best. He's also got a career high in points. And the Sharks are all even with Colorado. Yeah, uh, all guys bring something to the ice. And you know, I think that's uh, you know what, what helps us uh, you know being successful. But you know I, I think... You know we got to do a better job. You know, I thought you know last night and tonight we could have you know done done some you know things better. Uh, you know be also be reliable defensively and uh, yeah shut shut out the lines down. And once we get in the ozone, 
the skill Barbie has, Thomas has, uh, you know, we're, we're a very dangerous line. That is Timo Meyer bringing us back in as he has now set a new career high for goals in a season. Timo Meyer playing excellent hockey, his line playing excellent hockey. And of course, a big part of that has been the fact that Alexander Barabanov has come on very, very strong. This is what head coach Bob Bugner had to say about the man they call Barbie. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I mean, it's a player that uh, obviously we picked up at the end of the year and I didn't know much about last year, um, but he's steadily improved his game. Uh, um, you know, he's he's one of our uh, best offensive players. And I think that uh, um, for a guy that's not that uh, not that big in stature, he plays a he plays a hard game and he puts his nose in the in the hard areas and he's not, uh, you know, afraid to battle for pucks and do the little things that need to uh, happen out there. I'm, I'm happy with this game. And, you know, I, th- I don't think he gets enough credit for uh, defensively. I think, you know, he plays against top lines every night and uh, He's one of our forwards on our team with one of the better, uh, um, you know, plus minus and, and uh, a guy that, you know, is, is, you know, usually in the right spot, uh, even on the hurdle, um, the hurdle, uh, sorry, the team will go the hurdle set up. It all starts with Barbie being in the, uh, um, the right spot in the defense is on the break to play out. And this is what Burns had to say about what he's seen from Barabanov. Well, I think it's his puck handling his poise. I, I think he, he's got no fear. You know, I think he's one of the best guys in tight with the puck, making little plays, protecting it. Um, for a guy that's not not very big, I mean, he's uh, he's incredibly tough on the puck and, um, yeah, very skilled. And so this is why we start thinking about next year and reliable entities. It's like you've got to make sure that Barbanov comes in playing at this level. You've got to make sure that he and Turtle and Timo is something that ideally you can package again together because they are so dangerous right now. And then you look around the Sharks and think about what is quote-unquote reliable. James Reimer is, I feel, at this point. Now, I know people can make the argument that you don't know that he's going to be this good next year, but, you know, I feel that if you can manage his rest and continue to work on the things in his game that the Sharks have been able to really maximize, that you can rely on Reimer. I think that when you get into Kakinen or Hill, then, yeah, it becomes a little bit more of a debate on what is quote-unquote reliable, but if you have one, a 1A goalie, you know, your number one, then that is a good place to start. You start talking about your defenseman. You can count on both Brent Burns and Eric Carlson to be reliable producers of points. Now, beyond that, I think you also have to count on Eric Carlson missing a little bit of time due to injury. That's just the reality of what his career is at this point, and I would love to be wrong about that. Believe me, I would love to be wrong. It's just been the consistent factor since he's been with the Sharks. He has missed time due to injury, so that's just something you have to you have to pay attention to. You can rely on Logan Couture, most definitely. You can rely on a Nieto to help you kill penalties. And, you know, we I don't need to list every single one, but it's like, what are the reliable aspects of the Sharks right now? And then what can you do to plug those holes? And so when you do look at that line of Hurdle, Barabanov, and Timo working so well together, you've got to figure out how you can, A, have it playing at this level when the season begins, and B, figure out what you can do to really make the rest of the team around it that much better. Speaking of Kapo Kakinen, who was very good last night, he had this to offer when asked about if his game was getting back to where he expected it to be. Um, I mean, like I said, I feel good and, you know, felt good tonight all game. But kind of like I said, after after the game in Edmonton, you know, good is not good enough in this league. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the good goalie. I want to be the, you know, the guy that makes a difference and keeps that game tighter at the end there. And, you know, just got to keep working, so. 
I like the attitude there. He doesn't want to be the good goalie. You know, he wants to be somebody who can be a difference maker, who can win games for the San Jose Sharks. And unfortunately, the Sharks did not put enough offense around him on this night to give them a better chance to win the game. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about Kakinen. I thought he was excellent. I thought that, uh, you know, a couple of those goals he had no help on. Uh, um, I thought he made some big saves for us at the right time. I thought he, uh, he played extremely well. I mean, we just... Again, uh, you know, I thought that we played hard for being in a back-to-back situation. I thought there's a lot of good things to our game. You know, that's one of the best, if not the best, team out here and maybe in the league. Um, you know, there were some things that we needed to do better, obviously, face-offs, um, you know, and, and pouncing on some of our chances. Merkley throws that sifter in there. Um, beginning of the third, it could have been a, a lead for us. Instead, we go down and, uh, you know, we just mismanage the puck. Um, you know, end of the shift, that puck's got to be flipped out. We try to go through the backhand through the middle, and it's a 3-2 game. Um, and now you're chasing again. So, um, you know, I thought that uh, um, the boys, you know, played pretty hard, and, uh, you know, we couldn't find a, a way to get this thing to overtime at least. Yeah, you would have liked to have been able to get that to an overtime situation to where anything can happen. But unfortunately, uh, that's not the way it went down when all was said and done. Sharks have another fun one coming up on Saturday night, taking on the Dallas Stars, which means we are going to see Joe Pavelski come to town. Obviously, he was able to come back before the coronavirus pandemic kind of changed everything a couple years back, but it will be good to see Pavs back in the building as long as the Sharks uh, beat him. So that's my opinion on the matter. Uh, I imagine we are going to see Reimer back in net on Saturday night, although I could be wrong. But Sharks, you know, they've they've played some road games. They had a back-to-back. Hopefully the one day off will give them the ability to kind of regenerate their legs and get a little bit more energy and come out with a really strong performance on Saturday night. And what I'm hoping will be a really strong crowd because the pandemic continues to wind down. This will be a good team coming into town. Of course, people like Joe Pavelski. And of course, you know, I'm never going to argue with anyone showing up to a Sharks game in search of a good time. Win or lose, I don't think you're going to find a bad time at an NHL arena. But that is just my opinion alone. All right, we are out of time here on Morning Tide. Be sure to join me on Saturday afternoon as the San Jose Sharks get ready to do battle with the Stars. I'll be here on the buildup and then, of course, on Sunday morning for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.